Fifteen people piled in and sat on our bed and sat on the fireplace hearth and my desk chair and the floor and... Wow. <laughs> we put the baby to bed down the hallway. There was a door to his room and then a door at the end of the hallway and a, and a little window to the kitchen that we closed up. And so he could sleep and we could make all kinds of loud actor noises. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. There's a famous picture of my sister and I sitting under a Christmas tree with big, oversized glasses and greens from ear to ear. I'm sure we thought we were pretty glamorous and cool. And possibly the sun hadn't even risen yet. Jumping out of bed with excitement to see what Christmas Day would bring. I'm pretty sure those glasses would have been used in performances and play and different uses around the house for many months to come. Our guest today is no stranger to the stage and glamour and all the things that it brings. She talks about her New York love and how much life has really allowed her to live it to the fullest. I'm Linda Bonney and this is Stories with a Sunday Roast. Yvonne, welcome to the community. Thank you so much for joining us. You're over there melting in your 100 degrees or so, and I'm over here in Australia under a blanket. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So amazing. The power of connection with tech in this world is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, you betcha. So tell me a little bit about where you are in the world and where you were born and raised and that sort of thing. All right. Well, I currently live in Norwalk, Connecticut, which is about an hour outside of New York City. I live here because my husband grew up here and once we had kids... The short story is that we, you know, once we had kids, we ended up realizing we needed some family support and I won the in-law lottery. They are wonderful. And so it's been great to be within, you know, 10 minutes of a lot of aunts and uncles and grandma and all kinds of stuff. So, um, but I'm originally from El Paso, Texas, where it is indeed over 100 degrees, I'm sure at this point that's pretty normal for around there. It's the desert. Um, here in Norwalk, we really it caps up. We'll probably be in the upper 80s at the end of the day today, Fahrenheit, and it's it just feels hot because it's humid. But where I grew up, it was a dry heat. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. And it's still funny to me to hear the high numbers for temperature because we're in Celsius. So right, like hot for us is 25 degrees or right, 30 degrees. Right. <laughs> Which would be freezing for us. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. yeah. So your parents are still in Texas? Or no, they're they? out west. They're in Phoenix, okay. Arizona. Right. They've moved around quite a bit. They lived in Las Vegas, Nevada for a little bit. They lived in the mountains of New Mexico for a while, but they've more recently in, you know, settled around the Phoenix area. 
so that they could be close to their siblings and doctors and things like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't have any family left in El Paso, Texas. I have some friends from college who still live there. And, but yeah, I haven't been back home in a long time. Mm. What are some of your favorite memories when you think back to that time? Let's start there and work forward. Hmm, favorite memories. Well, the main things I miss about my hometown are the Mexican food, which is unique to El Paso. It is unlike anywhere else. The you know, Tex Mex is a pretty famous style of food, but El Paso's Mexican food is different from other Tex Mex. So I do miss that food. I love it. And I have learned to make enchiladas that are an approximation of what I grew up with. <laughs> um, there's actually a, a enchilada sauce brand called Old El Paso, and it is spot on red enchilada sauce that takes me right back home. Um, and the other thing that I really miss about home is the sunsets. We had some some pretty fabulous desert sunsets. Also, El Paso is on the border of Mexico and New Mexico. So it's also the tail end of the Rocky Mountains. They're called the Franklin Mountains. They're kind of like foothills almost. Uh, and they separate those mountains, go right through the middle of town in El Paso. So they separate the east side from the west side. So from either side of town, you've got a really great view of these these really beautiful desert mountains. Those are in my mind mm -hmm. as part of my childhood. I lived on both sides of town. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And did you have siblings and did you stay there for the majority of your childhood? Yeah, I have a, a brother and a sister and we moved around a lot within El Paso, moved mm -hmm. so many times. It was kind of nutty. I was very often the new kid at school. Uh -huh. um, when we'd move to a new house, my parents would build a new house and then we'd move in and we'd landscape and then we'd end up doing the same wash, rinse, repeat, do the same thing over again. Oh, wow. um, so it was, it was a little funny and, and nutty. Um, and then I, I went to college there, I studied theater. But from about the time I was six, I knew that I wanted to move to New York City. My, my dad's from Poughkeepsie, New York originally, and we, we came out east to visit his family when I was six or seven. I already wanted to be an actress by that point. And then when we visited New York City, I just completely fell in love with it and it captured my imagination. And that was just my driving force was to move to New York someday and be an actress, which I finally did in my mid-20s. Yeah. So well, what captivated you the most, do you think, about New York? Because I, over on the other side here, I've never visited the States yet. I will. It is in my future. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of the impressions that I have are based very loosely on internet slash TV, slash movies, slash actresses, slash sure, yeah. conversations. So tell me a little bit of that side, but also explain it in your own words outside all of those lights and glamour, I guess, as well. Well, 
you know, <laughs> like very much like you, my only experience of New York growing up was what I saw in movies and TV. My aunt and uncle got us tickets to go see a Broadway show. This was the 70s. And mm. the show was called Beatlemania. Ah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, I remember driving in in my uncle's van into the city. And this was the 70s in New York. So New York was really dirty and gritty. And there were, Times Square was filled with triple X signs and all kinds of doorways. And I, Red lights. And, yeah. Oh, the lights, neon, you know. And I just, the energy of the city and that the stories that were there, I just was like, oh. I am moving here someday. <laughs> I don't know why I was so attracted to it, but I definitely have always felt the energy of the city is something that hits me viscerally. One of my favorite things to do even now, when we go into the city with my husband, what, one of my favorite things to do is just, not, we don't really make plans. We, mm -hmm. we um, you know, we might have plans to see a show, but the best times are just wandering. And uh, I just remember after I did finally move to New York, I would, even for all the many years I lived there, I would occasionally be walking down the street and think, oh, I live here. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just still, still love the city, you know. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll ever go back, but. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And do your family have the same love and appreciation and maybe I, I'm thinking that your boys have always lived there they don't really know any different would that be right yeah well we live an, an hour outside the city so it's a very suburban Connecticut existence uh -huh. we're not far from a beach which is nice we're about a 10 minute drive to the Long Island Sound to the calf pasture beach here which is I call it beach therapy i I try to get there as often as I can. Every time of year it is, I, I love to get there. And I think part of it is because I grew up out West and I, I'm used to those big open skies, those big Texas skies. So getting out to the beach, you know, Norwalk has a lot of trees and I love the green that's here that I didn't grow up with. But to be able to get to that beach and have open skies is a touch point for me. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I, my boy, my guys, they, they do love the city. We don't go in as often as you would think for only being an hour away. It ends up being expensive and it's a time thing and all that. Um, but, uh, but they, we all love the city now. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. I just want to backtrack for a second. When you were talking about moving around a lot growing up and, I'd love to hear a little bit more of your experience with that because I've had some other guests who've had that very similar experience as well. And just your reflections now as an adult, did you find it unsettling or what was it like being the new kid at school and all sorts of things like that? Yeah. Um, well, I guess it was unsettling. When you're a kid, you don't realize it. Um, no. yeah. <laughs> and, but I look back now and I realize it taught me some things. It taught me how to acclimate quickly to new situations, 
how to make friends quickly. I'm pretty flexible <laughs> about where I live and how I live. Uh, so, you know, I'm not having been tied to one family home. I think th there's a little bit of the nomad in me. Although I, I will say where we live now is the longest I've ever lived anywhere. Uh -huh. We moved we moved into this, uh, we're in a multifamily home, the second floor of three floors. And it's a great place. Um, we moved in New Year's Eve before I had our second child. So that has been um, 15 and a half years that we've lived here now. So now I feel very settled. But growing up and moving so constantly, I think in a lot of ways it affects my relationships in that there's, while I'm quick to make friends, re getting to real trust is a, is a longer process mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, based, I guess, on my own thoughts and opinions and own experiences as well it was much harder to keep in contact when you would move yes earlier in the 70s 80s even 90s as well compared to perhaps what it is now right and I am not a good pen pal yeah. so yeah me too <laughs> I tried. I, I tried. Yeah, I don't. I don't do so well with long distance relationships. It's so much easier now. I mean, now I have friends that have, you know, we've been friends for oh so many years, and it's so easy to to pick up a phone now. Back then, it was long distance charges, and if somebody would move out of town, um, yeah, and and you just get out of the rhythm of the day to day with having been with a friend and mm -hmm. you know as 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 young kids do you so much of the relationship building as a kid is just kind of doing nothing mm -hmm. or kind yeah. right yep. it's it's mm -hmm. the rhythm of like sitting and listening to music or you know just talking about stupid things right uh -huh. yeah. and yep. um which I think is one of the things, or, yeah. right? I miss that as as an adult. I miss that kind of connection. But which is why I think I love podcasting is because it allows for that kind of connection, even if it's only for that moment in time with that person. Um, mm. While you're while you're in the middle of an interview, it allows for just kind of wandering through a conversation like that. You know, like we are right now. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. I'm interested to hear about multi-family homes because it's not something I'm really exposed to or accustomed to over here, actually. Oh, really? We, we just don't really have that sort of living, especially in little old Tasmania or little young Tasmania. <laughs> and even just after travelling, I was so surprised at the compact living situations and things like that that again I'm just not exposed to so tell me a little bit more about where you are right now and what that looks like what that feels like how that is for your yeah. family and, and for you as well yeah well um okay so I'm, I'm going to go back to before we moved into this 
particular apartment. Yeah. We had left the city after our first child was born. He was eight months when we went down to Washington, D.C. so my husband could go to graduate school. We lived in a very tiny little uh, basement apartment in Washington, D.C., close to the Capitol. Um, and it, the the one bedroom of that apartment, that was where the baby went. We left most of our furniture uh, in storage and all we brought was my a desk for me to work at, which was in the living room, and our queen size bed, and that was in the living room as well, huh. <laughs> which wasn't it wasn't that big a living room, let me tell you. Crazy, so crazy. Took up, yes, so crazy. but it had a fireplace and brick, uh, you know, brick exposed walls, and we had a little patio in the back. It was it was the cutest little apartment. And my husband was in grad school for classical acting. And I remember the first Friday night after they finished their first week, he calls me and he says, hey, everybody um, was talking about going out tonight, but I told him I needed to come home to my wife and, and child. And uh, so, so everybody's going to just come over. I hope that's okay. <laughs> So, um, so it was still pretty warm out. I was like, sure, great. So it was a kind of a BYOB, bring your own whatever you want to drink and eat. And uh, everybody just showed up. And and that became our weekly tradition there. Anyway, wow. I, I've gotten With off course. Many? But uh, 15 people piled oh. in and sat on our bed and sat on the fireplace hearth and my desk chair and the floor. And... <laughs> Wow. We put the baby to bed down the hallway. There was a door to his room and then a door at the end of the hallway and a, and a little window to the kitchen that we closed up. And so he could sleep and we could make all kinds of loud actor noises. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. It was wow. a very, very good time. It was a great tradition. Um, yeah. So when we moved back, we thought we would move back to the city. But our old neighborhood had gotten too expensive. And again, we realized we wanted some family support. So we moved in with his mom for the first three months while we looked for a place to live. Um, we then found a place to live. And uh, it was a tiny, you know, speaking of these multifamily, it was in a kind of an apartment setup, like townhousey setup. So it was a two bedroom and uh, had a little basement with a washer dryer, unfinished basement. So it was cement and unfinished walls and all that stuff. It was small. It was huh? very small. <laughs> and then the next thing we knew, we were pregnant with our second. And uh, looking around and, was, and going, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, okay, okay, I can figure this out. Got some padding for the floor in the basement. I thought that'll be our playroom-ish kind of area, and <laughs> it'll be fine. And then my husband's best friend's wife, she says, hey, my parents, their home, their their second floor apartment has come available. You guys should go look at it. Well, we'd already moved twice that year, and I was very <sighs> pregnant. Yes. And I, and I said, yeah, no, no not going to do that. And she was honest for at least two weeks, maybe three. Finally, she cornered me at church and she said, you need to go see my mom's apartment. Because my husband had told her, you need to stop talking to me. You need to talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, I was like, okay, fine, we'll go look. But I'm just going to be sad. I'm going to go. I know the apartment's gorgeous. And I'm going to walk in and I'm going to want to move. And I'm going to be sad because I'm not moving. And <laughs> we walked in. I, I met her mom and I said, hi, we're just looking. We're not going to move. And we walked in. And I saw the apartment. And I turned to John and I said, we're moving. <laughs> and so we moved for the third time that year. And, wow. uh, and I was oh. very pregnant by the time that happened. So all I did was point people to where they needed to put things when they brought them up the stairs. So it's a second floor apartment. We've got beautiful light, lots of windows, twice again, as big as the place we had been in which didn't have much light at all. So light for me is very important. So we've got lots of light coming in the windows and big rooms, um, not a lot of storage, not a lot of closet storage. We don't have a basement space. So we we scramble because there's a lot of living going on here with the two yes. kids and, yes. and we tend to lead busy lives. Uh, we, we're kind of nutty that way. So we're always, right now, if you look at my place, it looks like, something exploded <laughs> oh yes don't worry <laughs> just yep just need to take 10 steps that way to the kitchen for me it's like <laughs> I had a seven-year-old help me cook dinner tonight and oh. yes he definitely was very enthusiastic with his steering wonderful though <laughs> how great to have him cook with you that's a big deal it is. is wonderful. It's, it's good fun, but he was yeah. definitely stirring the pan with much enthusiasm. So there's onion <laughs> and all sorts of things that have gone, gone flying at the same time. So. Oh my gosh, so funny! Yeah, and yeah. you know we didn't have, know if we were having a boy or a girl when we moved in, and so the minute I walked in, I looked at this place and I thought, if we have two boys, we could probably live here like through their youth you know mm. um and the deal that we have is so good because we know them and so it's about half of what market value is for what we pay for what we have and uh just feel very lucky to be here yeah sounds superb very very superb so and my kids have a second set of grandparents because you know they're they're right downstairs. They have a, a garden that they tend to, and she's Greek and he's Italian, and she brings us spanakopita. She'll say, I need some pita. Wow. And she's a wonderful cook. And uh, so every now and again, we'll get some tasty morsel from her kitchen or some wonderful thing from the garden. So. Yeah, amazing. That's what true community I picture in my head when I – have this podcast in mind as well. It's just sharing those beautiful moments where we can connect together in our own ways and means and different levels of understanding each other. I'm sure she understands that you've got hungry boys to feed and busy lives and hectic and all the other things that while you also understand the need for them to connect in and have a garden to tend to and all sorts of important other aspects as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, And the funny thing is, is my husband has known them since he was in high school because 
he, he actually went to prom with their daughter. Oh. Um, and then she ended up after high school and maybe after college even, I can't, I forget the time frame, but she ended up marrying his best friend. Um, so this really tight knit group from his high school years, we, you know, it's all there. And, and then when their family gathers downstairs, their big Greek Italian family for Memorial Day, Father's Day, uh, whatever it is, they'll be out in the backyard. And, and like, for instance, this weekend, they had Italian relatives in town and they had Thanksgiving dinner. Um, even though it's summertime, they decided to cook a big Thanksgiving dinner so the girls wow. could experience that before they went back to Italy. Aww. And um, and then we came back from picking up our boys from camp and the whole family was here and we just kind of sat down and enjoyed the party with them, you know. Wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah. So you had yeah. the full roast and trimmings and everything. we did not eat we didn't eat um, they had already eaten they were just in the backyard kind of chatting and and uh having dessert and things like that so we did have some cake but uh, uh, uh but really it's more the hanging out after you know um yeah so yep. yeah yep just they they just fold us into the family at that point you know yeah and again just circling back to what you were talking about when you are in that innocent childhood space where you just hang out for no particular need of conversation or just friends hanging out really and that's all that's really needed. Yeah, yeah. One of my favourite, you had asked in the beginning about one of my favourite memories and I have to say I skipped over this. Um, probably about the time I was 10, I started roller skating and we had just moved into a new house, (laughs) funny enough. Um, and, uh, we had some good sidewalks. We had some good sidewalks for roller skating and, uh, and I had a great pair of blue and yellow, they look like tennis shoe roller skates. So they were blue and gold. The, the wheels were bright yellow and the stopper for the brake was yellow and uh, I just loved those skates and lived on them for two or three years and that's what I did with my friends on that street. It was a great street with lots and lots of kids and I ended up becoming very close with two of the girls and we would skate everywhere and one of them had a garage that was pretty empty so her parents would pull out the cars and we would skate around in her garage because it was hot in the summer and keep the door open. But sometimes we'd close the door and just leave it cracked open and we'd have, we'd pretend it was like a disco or a oh, skating yes, rink yes. and uh, yep. play, you know, the Bee Gees and uh, <laughs> skate around. <laughs> uh, have you, have you yeah. skated recently? Have you picked it up I, again? I want to. I want to get myself uh-huh. a new pair of roller skates. I'm 54 now, uh-huh. and uh, I was going to do it this summer, but just timing-wise, we're sending our oldest off to college this year, and we also have a big trip planned. We're leaving for Ireland on Saturday, and then I've got to get him ready for college and a lot of other just work stuff going on. So I thought, mm-hmm. okay, not this summer, but Aww. next summer, I think I'm going to get myself a new pair of roller skates and I'm going to get back on them. We'll have to come back for the sequel chapter and follow (laughs) up and see. (laughs) See how you're going because I I had the inline blades. 
So uh-huh. I had the actual roller blades rather than the roller skates. So I remember many scrapes and bruises and I'd love to go around and around big old concrete water tanks that we oh, have in the city. Yeah. Mm. That yeah. sounds awesome. Yes. So is that or is, is that almost like being in a skate park when you do that? Is that yeah. is there yeah. are, oh Wow, yeah. And it, would, it had a beautiful view over the city and the river and the bridge and everything else like that as well. So it was lots of fun. Oh, that mm. sounds so cool. I do have rollerblades as well. They're tucked away somewhere. I, I did a lot of rollerblading in my 20s. But rollerblading feels like more like exercise to me and mm. roller skates <laughs> feel more like fun. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, especially if they're bright colors and... <laughs> Just so much fun. So <laughs> such a such a special memory. There's kind of like a dance, you know, you can dance on roller skates if you want to. And so, yeah. you know. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to check back in. There's a lot of reels <laughs> reels there up your sleeve, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, there are plans, there are plans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yvonne, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. As I predicted, we have gone down many different paths and twists and turns and all the other things. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, it's been such a pleasure to connect with you over the last year or two. And I look forward to just continuing to hang out in the same circles and hear many updates of your rollerblading shenanigans and book writing (laughs) expeditions and podcasts and all sorts of things in the future. Thank you so much. This was fun. I love talking to you. Thanks, Linda. No worries. I feel like I've been sent straight to the stage, put under lights and performing this incredible journey for others to witness and share their stories within It's so, so wonderful to come away from these conversations time and time again, completely filled to the brim (laughs) and wonderfully connected to our community. Another New Yorker that sends us straight to the Broadway is Adam Rothenberg. I really loved sitting down in conversation with him. Let's take a little listen to tingle your ears and entice you to just a little bit further. It turns out now, I didn't know a lot of Broadway actors and actresses growing up, but since I have learned it all, the person that I happened to see in the show who was a narrator was Lori Beachman, who was a very famous Broadway actress. And in the basement of the West Bank Cafe here in, in New York City, which is in Times Square, they named their cabaret space after Lori Beachman. It's called the Lori Beachman Theater. So wow. <laughs> all those, all these years later, I had spent a lot of time going to different cabaret shows at the Lori Beachman Theater. And, you know, that, and then it was like, oh, I can make that connection to seeing her in Joseph. So it's sort of things can come like full circle here. To find out more about current projects and what's going on behind those curtains, I invite you to head over to lindabonnie.com. Thank you so much for joining us.